Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of your favorite celebrities. This is Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Oh, shit. We're back. We're back, world. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Gold Mines where we do amazing things. We do amazing things because we talk to amazing people. And these amazing people have amazing minds. Minds that I feel like you need to get into. Hence, why I do the podcast. Today's guest is no different. I love that I can say that and I actually mean it. You know how some people say things and they prompt or amp up the world of their guests and they hype it up and then the person is said and people are like, huh? That has never happened with me on this show. Because I mean what I say. These are interesting minds. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is no other than Terry Cruz. What's going on, Terry? How you doing, man? What's up, Kev? How you doing, man? Oh, my goodness. Thank you for having me on this, man. Oh, man. Thank you for being had, brother. First of all, let's address the introduction. You know, this is my favorite part of the show when I get to introduce people, right? Because I set the tone, Terry. Okay. It's about setting the tone, right? I like it. I like it. I'm excited for this conversation because I feel like there's so many lanes that we can go down. Right. Real questions with real answers. So for me, man, you know, you embrace so many different things that I admire. I think the first thing that I have to highlight is just your commitment to your household, to your family. I know that that's something that has been near and dear to your heart throughout your career. You've been vocal about that. And the other thing is your ambition, your hustle, the energy that you've put into your craft. And I don't even want to just say one version of the craft because you're multi-layered, right? You found a way to make yourself valuable in a business where some people struggle to find a um, existence, a, a place of comfort, right? Where they can sustain some type of cadence, I guess you could say that keeps them in a place of consistent work. You, my friend, have nailed that in a coffin. And I admire that because it's something that um, that is earned, not given, and developed over the course of time. I want to start off with the basics, man, because there's little things that I don't know. The first thing, Terry, is where are you from? I'm from Flint, Michigan. Mm. The Flint, Michigan. The infamous Flint, Michigan. Yeah, I mean, right now, shit, conversation Woo. attached to Flint. Yeah. Yes. It's a real conversation right now. Came up in the, the whole, you know, I was born in 68. Okay. But this is the thing, man. Flint, when, it, when I was a kid, Flint was amazing. Flint was like Palo Alto, mm. you know. General Motors was the number one corporation in the world. Absolutely. Uh, it was Google. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And everybody worked at the shop. Everybody worked at the factory. My father worked for Buick. My grandmother worked at AC Spark Plug. Uh, everybody I knew had a job with GM. 
And then it ended. When I say ended, I mean, once the gas crisis hit, once the, you know, the late 70s hit, I was about eight, nine years old and everything started to change. And then the crack epidemic hit in the 1980s. And it was nuts, man. I mean, um, people went from the factory into being drug kingpins. It was crazy. Isn't it crazy now how you're talking about these eras, right? We're talking about these eras, you know, of life. But but you're now sitting, you know, in a place where you're reminiscing of, oh, my God, man, this was the era where General Motors, where if you had a job at this factory, it was it. You were set. Then it ended. Then crack started. It's like you're talking about these. And right now. We're currently living in a time that we will be reminiscing about when we say things like it was when the pandemic hit. Yeah. It was when COVID really struck the world by storm. It's when the economy took the massive dip. Like, like we're now living in, well, I can say me, I'm younger than you, but like hearing you talk, it makes me like really think about the fact that we're witnessing historic things that we're going to reflect back on that, that after surviving, you know, your stance is going to be significant and how you were during it versus how you are now. You talking about being young when that happened, uh, drug pens and shit in Flint, Michigan. I mean, how close were you to the world of like, was it from family within or friends? or what how close first of all I, I had family that were addicted to crack that you know i had a, a, a relative who stole my grandmother's riding lawnmower in the middle of winter there you go drove it in the snow there you go and wait the tracks went all the way out into the street <laughs> that's how crazy <laughs> it was and you if it wasn't nailed down it was gone you know my grandmother used to hide stuff in our house and it would get stolen. <laughs> so, you know, there was no safe place to put anything because it was gone. You know, my dad robbed us. My dad robbed us. He did. Swear to God. Hand on the Bible. My dad was on crack. He robbed He robbed my mom's apartment. You could trust nothing and no one. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, what was wild. I, now, this is what saved me, though, Kev. What saved me is that I got to go to a school that was amazing, man. Um, it was a school that picked you because of your abilities. It was a school called Flint Academy. And it was an experiment where they decided to put take students, it was like you know a magnet school where they would take students from everywhere that had certain abilities. Uh, some kids were about math, some kids were about sports, some kids, you know, I was about art. Here's my question to you. When you say art, like that was your first love, where did it come from, right? Is this an infused thing from, from the top? Is this mom, dad? How do you adapt to art and why? Check this out. I, uh, again, my father, my father was an alcoholic. My mother was addicted to religion, okay? I grew up in a church where we couldn't do anything. I couldn't go to the movies. I couldn't dance. We couldn't listen to secular music. We couldn't do nothing. All, you know what we could do? We could sit down and shut up. That's what we did. Wow. And what I did was use art because I would be in my room all the time. There was nothing to do. Like I couldn't do anything. So what I would do, because I couldn't go to the movies, I would draw what I thought the movies were. Like people would be telling me about movies and different stuff. And I would start drawing. And this is when I was five, 
all the way up, man. I mean, my art ability, because what we did, we're allowed to get was some comic books and the whole thing. So I would copy the comic books. I would just put everything I had. I'm left-handed, right brain. I would put everything I had into drawing. And mm. people started to notice. Like, even my parents, even my father, they're like, hey, man, this dude got an ability here. But it was really built out of boredom. Okay, It was one of the things where... I think if I was allowed to do all these other stuff, I probably would have never had the discipline to become an artist. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of wild how a lot of these things that at the time I viewed as, oh man, this is a problem. It actually created a way for me. And it created a way out. Terry, are we, are we brothers and sisters or only child? I have an older brother who is a half brother. Okay. And we, we, we had different dads. And then I have a younger sister who's actually a judge in Detroit right now. She, uh, Holy shit. So she's younger. She's six years younger than me. And that was it. It was just, and I was the middle kid. So right now, I mean, a foundation you have, right? Uh, a tough environment you're growing up in, but you got something to hold on to because you got something to love. By the way, um, so valuable that is because that's what a lot of kids are missing. So many kids are missing that thing that they love, that thing that they are 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 so close to and so attacked with that it fuels the idea of a dream or the idea of the next stages. Let's talk school now, you know, high school, college. I mean, at some point, the opportunity to play ball presents itself. When did you make the shift? How did that happen? First of all, I begged, begged. I had a coach. Uh, his name was Coach Lee. I'll never forget this. It was ninth grade. He was like, he said, uh, it was so funny because he always used to say this. He said, uh, Terry Crews, I think you have an ability to play football on a Division One scholarship. That's <laughs> the way he talked. It was so amazing. <laughs> it was like this Army way of talking. Terry Crews, I believe you have the ability to play Division One football on a Division One scholarship. <laughs> I'm going to talk to your parents. He went and begged my mother to let me play. Really? He, he Dude, he showed up on Saturday. Really? And I was like, Ma, please, I just, I, I think I can get, you know, because the whole thing was I had to get out of Flint. I knew and I knew Art yeah. wasn't going to do it. Like, I used mm-hmm. to draw the t-shirts like, you know, Mickey Mouse is a drug dealer and, and, you know, back in the day he'd be on the cell phone with the Mickey Mouse and I would, I would sell. Your Art took a turn. You know, it would be like playing Blake's Bunny, you know what I mean? So that's how I used my art talent around the city. I'd be like, oh, that's my t-shirt. And they would they would hot print them on the t-shirts to sell them for like ten dollars. <laughs> so Mickey, you know, I, I knew art wasn't gonna do it, yeah, right? Yeah. I said, but football was gonna be my way out. I love it. And dude, he convinced my parents. And then my father hated sports, didn't like sports at all. My my mother was like, whatever, if you feel like this is gonna help him. And I, that was my way in, man. And listen, he was the only cat that believed in me as an athlete. Mm. And that got me all the way to the NFL. The value of a coach. Beautiful story is that I remember playing on the San Diego Chargers. And I invited Coach Lee to a game and flew him out. And he got to stand on the sidelines of me while I was playing. We were playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And I was on the Chargers. And I was like, dude. You was the one that told you begging my parents is the reason I'm standing right here on the sideline. Well, it's the it's the importance of a coach. You know, I mean, a coach is unbelievably influential to a to a child's decision and future because, you know, they can say the things that the parents can't. What I really love is that he cracked the religious parent. My mom was a religious parent. 
and and getting getting a over religious parent to understand anything outside of religion is tough. It's tough. Like my mom, it was the same thing with basketball, allowing me to play basketball. Like, I don't like it. He gonna get out there. You're going to be around them boys that don't want nothing. Don't mean no good. Like it was a bunch of that shit. So, you know, to finally get over that hurdle is a huge win. And, and for you to take a liking to it and get good, get good. But here's my question. When did you realize like, oh shit, I'm kind of the shit. When did that hit? Let me tell you something, Cap. I really wasn't good at football. Okay. What I could do was take tremendous amounts of pain. Mm. You understand what I mean? That was an ability in itself. Okay. Like, I would hit people and get right back up. Okay. They'd be like, dang, like, he got knocked out. No, he didn't. He's still walking. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing was, is I had a lot of anger, Kev. Like, it's hard to have two good parents and play in the NFL. Because my father was very abusive to my mother. Like, okay. you know, the reason I got I got muscles, I thought one day I would have to kill my father. Mm. I really did. Mm. Because he would he would beat her. And now he, it's funny because he never hit us because my mother said she'd kill him. But it's wild that she would take this kind of stuff from him. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't value herself enough. It, but it was so crazy. Like, uh, you know, there was so many mind games going on. And I realized, okay, let me get strong. Let me get tough because I really, because one thing is, is once I got some muscle, it kept the gang members off me. Mm-hmm. It kept a lot of people that was like, well, he's an athlete. Don't mess with him because he looked like he's going to go somewhere. He's got a future. He can he can put Flint on his back. Like what, what, It's weird Like when you talk about neighborhoods like that. The neighborhoods invest in the people that seem to have a way out because of what they can become and what it would mean exactly. to the city, right? So I definitely understand that. And, you know, although I wasn't in a household where I was able to see um, physical abuse up close, I can only imagine when you say the, the mind games, right? Like the the mental tear that that can basically cause like as as a as a young man that I can only imagine or or hope that loved his mother to see that had to be fucking crucial right brutal did you ever have a moment where you felt like the face off was coming like getting the muscles is one thing mentally thinking about it did it ever almost happen where you were like fuck this is it this is the day first of all never while i was in that house okay because he was too powerful it was a, it was a again it was a mental block you know what i mean mm-hmm. one time he actually broke his toe kicking me in my ass <laughs> god damn cuz he he, he 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 literally kicked me and it broke his toe and he was, and I was just kind of like, well, I'm so sorry. Like, I was apologetic to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I was like, man, I didn't mean to do that. And he kicking me. You know what I mean? That's how That's how mentally it was messed up because he had this mind thing on us, you know? What is that? What do you think that is for that man from then, right? Like, you know, like that that man from those times that had the household that was going to work and, you know, like you said, whether it's the factory, whether it's, you know, on the line or whatever it is, what the fuck was that anger? Like those men that had the anger to where their family got the butt into the stick. Like, fuck y'all. Like, what was that? I always thought about that. And I thought that it was, it came from, they had big, big dreams. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they felt like they had to sacrifice all the things they wanted to do for y'all. But now I got to take care of this family. Mm-hmm. Now I'm locked up. Now, mm-hmm. you know, and they, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of resentment that, that comes from that, man. That's a whole lot. My father, I do feel like my father resented us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was one of the things he looked at us like, man, if I didn't have y'all, I, w- I could be doing this or I could be doing that. You're unpacking something that I can tell you've worked on, right? Like this, I think what I'm most uh, blown away by is the awareness, the comfort in talking about what you're now aware of, the realization of what the shit is and why it is and anger, resentment, but making sure that I now manifest fest and create and do without having that thing act as a as a fucking crutch or or uh or a sore or a scab that I keep peeling back right like I when you say when you say anger like you know I'm I, I spark plug in these conversations and by spark plug I mean there's words that that act as highlight words where I'm able to go back and and uh, keep the conversation going, et cetera. And when you say like, yo, I had a lot of anger and I played when I was football, I was, you know, I was angry at that time. So, you know, when you started to use that anger, anger turned into success and you're like, fuck, I got to work, right? At this point, when you hit lows during these times, were you attaching the lows to that shit too? Or were you making the lows personal? No, let me tell you, Kev, what happens is I became my wins. Like when I became my wins, I was better than everybody else. You understand what I mean? Okay. It was like I finally achieved levitation status. But the problem is if you become your wins, you must inevitably become your losses. Mm. So when that drop happened, it hit hard. I, now I was lower than everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. it's this thing, man. It, it, it became where there's human. And then there's above human and below you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And all these, you know, shame acts like all these, it, it, it keeps you either above it or below it. Mm-hmm. But just being human means you just whole. You're just one person. You're good and bad. You're everything. But I didn't have that. I was had to be either above or either I was beneath you. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem. And, you know, this is so wild because. You know, the industry, uh, even as entertainment, it becomes an effort to become above. You know what I mean? It becomes an effort to like, man, now I can be accepted. Now, because I have this name, now you know who I am. But the problem is, is if you don't have this stuff together, you're still empty. Because there's going to be a day you don't get picked. There's going to be things you lose out on. Now, you got to understand, my highs were super high. And my lows, man, they were so the darkest, darkest days you could probably ever imagine. And I was just going up and down with all of that, man. My wife, and this is so wonderful because I've been married for 34 years. 30, I was going to say, you, you're you a 30-er. I know that. And I, I know that. Oh, dude. And I look at her, and there's times I look at her like, whoo, you put up with a whole lot. She's like, hell yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she put up with every one of the mood swings, all that, man. It was like. She'd be like, Terry, you know I love you. Why are you? But it wasn't enough. Like, even her love wasn't enough. Yeah. Because you fight, because you you feel undervalued. You feel like, or I'm better than all Mm y'all. So y'all got to listen to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And 
you know, and when you're talking about the other generation, things I picked, the bad things I picked up from my dad was that the fact that I felt like I owned my family. Mm. You see what I mean? It's different than loving your family. Loving your family is freedom and peace. But owning a family is a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. If they don't do what you say, I used to withhold my love for my kids. I used to, you know, not talk to them. I used to stonewall them. They'd be like, hey, dad, I walk past them. You know what I mean? Like, because one day they got to find out. They got to learn. They got to learn like I learned. Yeah. And it's wild because I was trying not to be that. You know, I was trying not to pick up them things, but I picked them up anyway. I had a conversation, Terry, right, where... I was I was talking. It's crazy. I was I was actually talking to Will Smith. We had a great conversation. We were just talking about our kids, and in the conversation, I was like, you know, what helps me so much is I'm able to say, my kids didn't ask to be born into what they are born into, and I remember in the beginning stages, you know, um, with my oldest. My oldest kids, when I just be like, yo, you guys got to you gotta learn. Like, I got to make sure that you guys understand how hard it is out here. And it's like, well, it's not it's not the same for them. Like, I'm, I'm trying to put this hammer down on them, but their, their paths is different because of their opportunity. I didn't have the same. So my hardship isn't theirs. I can't. I can't act as if it's the same or have the same stance that I did when it doesn't match. It doesn't match. But but that thing, that energy that we have in what you're saying, you know, I understand where you're coming from because there's such a fucking, we got such a thick layer of skin based off of what we made it through. And y'all don't know. Yeah. Y'all don't know what the fuck it takes. And sometimes that thing, sometimes that thing can come off in the wrong way. Um, where where are you at? Like when you say, uh, you know, my kids, man, I had to learn to love. Like, did you feel like you hit a wall with those relationships? And did you feel like you saw them distance themselves and it made you go, okay, I gotta, I gotta change. This this thing has to change, and I'm realizing it me. What was the thing that made you go, I have to find change? to make myself better for this environment. You know, it, it really started uh, right after our 20th anniversary and my wife left. She left. Mm. She was like, that's it. It's over. Um, and then my, and my kids were distant. And here, I was very successful, Kevin. You know what I mean? Like out in the street, everybody was like, Terry Crews is doing great things. He's got movies mm -hmm. and TV shows. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and But I knew in my heart, I'm like, man, but my life in, in my house is a mess. And dude, that's when I hit therapy. Like I really, because you got to understand too, being up, going from a religious household, it was told that therapy was like demonology. Like, <laughs> you know, they're going to put them demons on you and, and all this stuff. And, um, and it was like, it was quackery. It was, you can't cure crazy. That's what it was told. You know, like you can't do that. So if you're crazy, it ain't going to work. And then my father had a psychiatrist that he saw and the man jumped off a bridge. And I was like, that don't work. He killed himself. I was like, uh, and so I had this aversion for years. And the first time I went in was because I was alone because my wife had left and she was like, you can't come home. And I was like, wow. And I went in and I started learning. Back at the bottom again. First thing they asked me, they was like, your father an alcoholic? I was like, yeah. They said, was your mom very religious? I was like, how'd you know that? Mm -hmm. And I was like, they started reading my mail. You know what I mean? And all these things started to come out, man. And I had to just break it down. Like, why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? Then 
over years and over all this learning, I went back and apologized. And I went back, man. I I had a lot of writing, man, where I had to write down and be honest about the violence that I had done to my family, not physically, but mentally, like, you know, and, and just even verbally, it's just still bad, you know? And like I said, it was those rules just to me, you know, to me, you have to go through the worst of times to know that you're in the best of times. You know what I mean? Like we had been through, but my kids, like you said, they have a whole different temperature. Like they're, they've been living a whole nother way, but I was applying the same rules and it was brutal. It was brutal. It was unforgiving. Ladies and gentlemen, this is gold mines. Don't go anywhere. We got more show when we come back. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Welcome back. You know, it's crazy, T, man. First of all, this is such an amazing conversation. Um, and this, this is why I love the tone and temperature of the show, because you can't plan this. You can't you can't prep this, right? Like, you can't, hey, Terry, here's what we're going to do. We're going to unpack right. all this shit on this park. That's not what this is, right? You you got to talk. I know. It just got to come. What I really love here, man, you said something, and, and I want to go back to it, right? You're talking about, at the time, the visual of Terry Crews is one of, oh, my God, Terry Crews is on top of the fucking world, right? I mean, you know, we, we skipped it, but there was a transition from football yeah. where you figured out what to do after, and then the acting bug presents itself. But, oh, my God, you're starting to find success in acting. You're in movies. You're everywhere. It's starting to go and blossom. And you're talking about it this time when the world sees Terry Crews. It's, oh, my God, there's Terry Crews. We love him. But in this moment of receiving love, you're not feeling loved and you're at the fucking low. Families falling apart, shits and shambles. And, and there's nothing, I think there's nothing, there is nothing more, I will say the, the, the thing that defines the character that we've discovered, that we find out that we have, who we are, is in these moments. Because it's in these moments when it's very easy to go, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. 
fuck everybody. It is what it is. I'm done. Like, and and you fold. Yep. You choose the role of a chair and you fucking fold yep. and you lay down and then somebody eventually picks you up, puts you in a corner and that chair is not forgotten about and never used to sit on again. But it's the other side of it that goes, fuck, man, I'm down. I'm not right, but I'm going to figure this out. And And Terry, like, that's the part that I'm like, wow. It's not the muscles. It's not the fucking height. It's not the goddamn career. Like at this point, it's the it's the the opportunity to take the choice of a folding chair and go, that's not me, and then choose to correct it. After correcting it, what was the winning, what was the winning factor that you felt? Well, I don't want to use the word winning because that's not that's not the right word. What was the thing that you felt? Um, acted as a display of real change um, and chance. Like, what's the thing that that the fan was like, wow, dad really is trying. What do you think that thing was? Hey, man, it was one moment. I'm going to tell you this, man. I get choked up when I think about it because it's incredible. We were all in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and what happened is my son spilled the drink on the table. It was water everywhere. And I stood up and I said, hey, man, that's okay. You know, we all make mistakes. It's all good, man. We'll just get some more water. Now, Kev, everybody at the table was like looking at me, eyes wide open. Like, I can't believe this. My wife looked at me like, what? Because you understand what would have happened before. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing? You know, I paid yeah, for God all damn, this. boy. Man, God damn, you, boy. You drink some water? Good, good <laughs> Lord. You know, like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? You ain't no, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got hands? Use them. You know, oh, dude. And wait, he three. You know what I mean? <laughs> it would have been brutal. And, you know, he had four older sisters. They would have went running, screaming. He spilled the water. That, that You don't know how many events I ruined. How many things? Because I went off and wouldn't stop. Yeah. And my wife was like, you're just out of control. My wife looked at me. Man. And she said, Terry, you different. You different, man. Terry. And I couldn't believe it. Because I it was it caught me off guard when she said it. Because I all, you know, I've been living, I've been doing this thing. And she was like, Terry. Hey, man, you are a different person. And that was the moment I knew I was never going back. Like, never, ever, ever. That patience, that empathy, that care. I'm wiping up the table. And we continue today. Oh, my God, Kev. That was the moment everything was different for me, man. Now, again, this was years after, after the therapy. I got to say it. We was like eight, nine years in. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You saw a return in the investment. Right, you saw a return in the investment. I got a doozy for you right now. After the change, after noticing the change, you're still in the entertainment business. You're still very much a person that's embedded into this thing. And this machine, this machine is what drives the 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 car of negativity at times. This is what drives the car of that that monster that that ego like that we just were discussing that i gotta be the best am i not the best where am i where um what what is your stance now in the business how do you approach your your craft now right like have things changed for you 
mentally in, in the space of work? And if so, how? I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. This I got two sayings, and this is really the essence of, of how I approach the business. I would rather be whole than good. I would rather be happy than right. And this is what I mean. You know, before I was all about my image. Before it was all about the goodness of Terry Crews. Boy, he is, well, he got it all together. Make sure, you know, I was, listen, I would never open my wife's car door if nobody was looking. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But as soon as somebody's mm-hmm. looking, I'm running over. I got you, baby. I got you, baby. Hold on. I got you. I got <laughs> One day you. she called me on it. She's like, you, you're a fucking fake. You're a fake. <laughs> fake fucking. <laughs> and wait, and the people was out there filming. I was like, shh. Shh, be quiet. I was like, don't like, you fucking fake. I said, like, no. Uh, uh. <laughs> and, and then I turned to the camera. I was like, she playing. She playing. She's like, I ain't playing. You a fucking fake. <laughs> Listen, I pull up at the house. I'm like, girl, open the door. Open the damn door. You know how to open Man, it. We home. We home. Why you acting helpless? Get your ass out the car. <laughs> but now, Kevin, when I say I'd rather be whole, meaning good and bad, everything. You see, this is why I've been so transparent. Like, now you know. A lot more people know more about me than I know about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I've been really just telling it for years. After mm-hmm. the therapy, I've been telling the thing with pornography addiction and telling the stuff about me and my wife breaking up and getting it together and telling all the issues, even the personal issues with my dad and all this stuff. And it made me whole. Mm-hmm. And some people, listen, and this is the thing. Now I know there are people who love me. There are people who don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. And there are people who hate my guts. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with all three of them. Mm-hmm. You understand mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what being whole makes you. Being good, if, if, if I couldn't impress you, I would do whatever I had to do to impress you. Like, if you didn't like me, you held the key. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, I got to somehow get your favor. You know what I mean? And that would cause, and listen, but I can't do nothing about people not liking me. I, there's nothing I can do about that. You know what I mean? And I realized, let it go, man. Mm-hmm. And it's a dude, and that's where I, when I approach entertainment like this, it's refreshing, man. Or listen, I in, in fact, I don't have to be right. I'd rather just be happy. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, man, you the right one. Then fine. Mm-hmm. And, but now I'm going to go into my job grateful, grateful for every opportunity I get. And understanding that this is a blessing. This is an honor. This is a place. This is an honor and a privilege to serve people. You know what I'm saying? Through entertainment. And not treat it like, oh, man, I got to do this and I got. No, I get to do this. You know what I mean? It changes the whole framework, Kev. And all of a sudden, when I had that mindset, opportunities keep coming. You know what I mean? It's like jobs keep coming. People keep coming. You know, the, the, the levels keep getting bigger and greater, but with no loss, with no loss. And I said, man, this is how I want to live. This is how I want to be from here on out. I don't, listen, and I don't need anybody's approval, but I know I'm giving everything I got every time I do it out of respect for the craft, out of respect for my audience and out of respect for people. And now I'm good. And whatever, if you don't like it, cool. If you do, great. I'm with you. I'm saying 1,000% like uh, a, a person that has 
the the cadence uh, to talk in front of, you know, people that identify in the same space, right? Like when you go to them motivational speaking or, or conferences and you see a motivational speaker or, or somebody um, that knows how to uplift, that knows how to relate, like that's almost, that's almost like off season, on season, right? Like, you know, your acting can be one, one portion of a season. And then you have this other side that acts as a significant, you know, um, I guess you could say portion to what you can do the world of story, man. Like this is a Terry, I had no idea. And your story is, this is, we're talking and this has been 40 minutes that we've been talking. So, you know, I can only imagine what your story would look like through the course of said pages, right? Like if you were to go and, and really, really put that down and, and give people an opportunity to, really understand you look inside but only only for the sole purpose of giving other people the confidence that they can talk and that they can free themselves as well that journey that's a fucking special journey man that's a special journey i did i did write a book it came out last year it's called tough it's called tough it's called tough it came out last april look at that layup look at that fucking layup <laughs> Look at that lady. Hey, I, I, and it's everything I, I'm talking about right now. Everything. God damn it, Terry, we're going to do it correctly. Uh, guys, you saw how interested I was in the story. And the first thing that I said, um, with knowing that, I, I suggest you educate yourself. Um, you know, we don't normally do the plugs. We don't normally do promotion and marketing on here. No, oh. this is it's because it's just conversation. So this is why I'm telling you why I like this moment. Like this is a yes. this is a fucking thing where you should. I'm going to fucking get it. Cuz I I want to read it because there's so much that I relate to. Um the book is called Tough. Uh, and by the way, amazing title. Amazing <laughs> fucking title. That's it. I got another doozy for you. So now, right, change man. I mean, God, we 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 went through the 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 stages, and as we went through the stages, we've peeled back layers. Um, I want to know what is the like, what are the family events now, right? Like, you know, kids are older. Like you said, you you got a thirty plus year marriage at this point, right? Um, when you guys get together now, what's the change? Is it a location? Is it just a house? Is it are the dinners more specials? Are the talks more specials? Is it the games? What's the what's the amplification of love and environment now uh, with dealing with the new version of dad, the understanding and loving version? Not that you didn't love before; it was just a tougher love, right? So, like, what is what's the tone and temperature now? with the fam you know what the the tone and temperature now is listening listening uh i have four daughters and my, my son's the youngest and i realized with my girls that i never really listened even when they were young you know you you, you already know that you got the answer before they even opened their mouth you know what i mean and now i just listen and and let them know that I am 100% in their favor of, and it's my job as a father, but to help them achieve what they want, not what I want, which is 
a whole another thing that I would used to do where it was all about I had this plan for every one of my kids that you know if you ain't doing it then you you are and I realized that it's it's got to be what they want and I'm listening and you know sometimes they they get real brutal like they they can come up to me and tell me what they didn't like what they you know they can be honest with me and it won't come with repercussions but at the same time it's just literally listening and hearing every last one of my kids, which is something that we did not have when they were younger. And they're adults. I mean, my oldest daughter is, uh, she's 36. It's wild. 36, then 30, then 24, then 20. And my son's 17. We, me and my wife are about to be out the house. Um, but we, we, our job, and me and my wife, it's just to literally give them that guidance, man, and give them that support and that security, man. And I feel great about where we are, man, as a family. Is there a stage of like, um, when you're talking about, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna do this and maybe there's something else after. Is the thought of retirement on your mind or is there a concept of that no. or what it looks like? Never. No. no. <laughs> I, I'm too, dude, I, I'm too angry. I, it just, you going to see me out there something, fixing the street something. <laughs> I, there, there is no, work is, in, mm -hmm. is ingrained in me. Like I wake up literally four or five in the morning, mm -hmm. like, boop, I got to do something. Like, boop, boop. So, you know, I did a two hour workout yeah. just so I can get yeah. to normal. You know what I mean? I have endless energy. I'll be 55 this year and I have nothing but energy. I'm always looking for stuff to do. You know what I mean? I, I can't. I can't turn off yeah. because it's so much fun, you know, but now it's just about channeling it in the right direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and not worrying about the outcome, not worrying about what mm -hmm. people say about it. It's just put the work down, mm -hmm. put the work out. You know, you got to ship it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Show it. And, and that's where I'm at. I'll never retire by the way. Never. It's, it's literally a change in my shift. But I'll be out there. Like I said, if, if, if I'm a motivational mm -hmm. speaker, I'm mm -hmm. on the road. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. to go. Let's go. Yeah. Book me up. You know what I mean? Let's go. I love the energy. What's the world of like what you want to do, right? Like, is there anything left that you feel you haven't done in the business that you would love to do? And that could be from TV to movies to, you know, live entertainment to, you know, whatever across the board. Like you're talking about tapping into the world of, of, of journalism, being an author, your book tough. I mean, that's a stage. Is there, is there more um, just on the side of want from Terry Crews? You know, uh, wow, man, I, I, I've done pretty much, a lot, but but done a lot of shit. I've done a lot, but um, yeah. my my thing right now is it, it it's kind of wild because I still haven't directed, and I want to direct. Mm -hmm. there, there are projects that I have in my head that I'm like I mean, I've produced some things, I've acted in a lot of things, but there are ideas. It's just like drawing a picture. Um, Mm -hmm. that I that I grew up with and I came to Hollywood to be behind the scenes and direct and never had a chance to do that yet and that's coming that's coming so, by the way that'll keep you that'll keep you busy for a minute yeah you start to get behind that goddamn chair you'll be fucking 85 <laughs> no 85 you can you can never you can always say cut you can always say action. That's right. You can always walk walk to the next location to sit in a chair. You can always do that. That's right. Um, 
Terry, man, this was this was a conversation that I that I I not only enjoyed, I just learned a lot from. You know, I listened to a lot of the things you said. A lot of the stuff um, resonated with me, and and for different reasons, right, dude. I just wanna I wanna congratulate you just on your growth, um, on the work that you put in on yourself, uh, on on maintaining through the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the ugly, the world of family, man. You know, at the end of the day, we don't we don't highlight that that world of good woman enough. But man, you know, when you get one, you you sometimes don't see it uh until shit is almost no longer. And you know, you know you got a fucking golden one. You know you got a good one and you know what that woman has endured and and sat through and while maintaining the foundation of family around her, man. So, you know, amazing shout out to the wife, amazing shout out to you. And I love the fact that you're vocal and transparent about it, man, because there's people out there that need to hear this. There's people out there that need to understand, like, there's always a world and way to recovery, but you got to want to do the work. And you're an example of doing the work, brother. It's a it's it's a beautiful fucking thing Thank to you. see and now understand. Listen, I got to give up to you, man, too. Um, you've been a brilliant example in this business, man. The work ethic is unparalleled. It's beautiful. Um, you have shown everybody that it's if you want more, you must do more. You, you are a thinker. You are a planner. You are you have laid out like destinies for so many people under you, man. I just want to thank you for just laying out all these things, the, the, you know, the jobs, the people, the opportunities you've given so many mm -hmm. through your comedy, through your voice, through your world. Through I remember going to your studio, man, and you inspired me, man. You know, I, I, I built the studio in Pasadena because I went to your place. I said, man, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing? <laughs> I said, I ain't doing shit. Kevin Hart is doing all that. Man, I, and listen, it's not a, not a competition, but I was like, man, you could, you got to get busy. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, yeah. you was highlighting yeah. like, man, you, you ain't no excuses, bro. Like, and I went, damn it, yeah. you're right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being that person. You see what I'm saying? That showed us wow. what could be wow. possible. You know what I mean? You exist to show us what's possible, man. Thank you. Iron, iron sharpens iron, and that's what we did today, man. We we really did. Like I'm, I'm, I'm inspired. I'm motivated, um, and it's just to discover more about myself, dude. Yeah. Like you, I, I just like the journey that you put on display of self, and that's the one thing that you're always working on Thank yourself. You. So, uh, for my listeners. You know what's special about this podcast? It's it's the gold that we're able to pick up. And I'll be damned if we didn't get that today. Uh, this is Gold Mines. You know what we do. We get inside the minds of amazing people. And like I told you at the top, today would be no different. What an amazing mind this was. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Crews. Love you, Kev. Hey, love you back, brother. Listen to an extended version of this show as well as my radio show, Straight From The Heart, and all sorts of great stand-up and talk on Laugh Out Loud Radio Channel 96 on the XXM app. New subscribers get three months free by going to SiriusXM.com backslash Laugh Out Loud Radio. That's SiriusXM.com backslash L-O-L Radio. All for details apply.
Gold Pies with Kevin Hart is a serious XM and LOL radio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, Eric Eddings, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off.